Welcome back to A Degree in Sports, your home for college football and college basketball. My name's Cole, and I'm here alongside my great mate, Jeff Tate. Jeff, throwing a little curveball in. It's finally time to get into some college basketball. Games are starting uh, tomorrow on Monday. We're recording this on Sunday, and man, I am excited to, to really just see these teams live on games and just begin to see these teams develop and to see what we got here and uh, what the landscape of this college basketball is going to look like this year. Yeah, for those of you that are tuning in and maybe some of you are new listeners, uh, this is what the podcast is about. We are not just college football. Right now, college football is the big thing and it is in college football season. And so Cole and I haven't really talked too much about college basketball. Well, it is starting tomorrow, Sunday or Monday, November 6th, recording this, like Cole said, Sunday, November 5th. And it is just my favorite sport as a whole. Um, you will know that as time goes on with this podcast. I love college basketball. There's so much. Uh, I mean, you the tournament, when you get to the end of the year, you get conference tournaments, you get the NCAA tournament. The selection show is, to be honest, one of my favorite sporting events to tune into, and it has no games happening. It's just a a four man crew, and they're going through all the tournament and who's what seed. Um, it's my favorite event to attend. For those of you that have never gotten to attend these, try and go to an NCAA tournament game. Uh, it's I highly recommend it. I've gone with Cole to games. Uh, I've also this year I already have tickets bought for the Indianapolis uh, first and second round happening, and I have Elite Eight and Sweet Sixteen tickets in Detroit because it's in Detroit this year for those of you that don't know and it's college basketball is just a beautiful thing it's it's one of those things where we've talked a lot about college football Cole it's completely different like college football every single game matters now I'm not saying that like Tom Izzo is not going to say that their game tomorrow night against James Madison doesn't matter but at the same uh level of it that you're going to play a hard non-conference schedule most of the time you're you're not going to play all uh, buy games, which is, for those of you that don't know, a buy game is when you pay a team you know you're going to beat. And the funny thing is Cole and I will keep you updated on teams that get bought and then they uh, end up beating the favorite because those are always fun to talk about. But it's just one of those things. College basketball is back. Uh, today's episode, we're we're not going to tell you literally every single team. There's, a, there's 300 and when I was coaching, there was 300, I think, and 55 teams that are Division One, and tomorrow are eligible for the NCAA tournament. So that's a lot of teams. Uh, Cole and I can't spend the time breaking down all those. To be honest, there is so much that happens in college basketball, and I'm just going to let Cole say something before I talk for 40 minutes. So, Cole, how excited are you for college basketball to be back? You and I both played basketball. Obviously, you played a little more than I did, but I worked for a basketball team, and we played basketball, and we really appreciate basketball. Yeah, it's uh, basketball is – listen, I love college football, but I equally love college basketball. It is a beautiful thing. College basketball, there's, like you said, not as much uh, intensity, I would say, game to game, uh, as one, there's a lot more games, and it's not as I need to win this game if I'm going to get this. Um, but there's it's so much more intimate. Uh, college basketball is one, just being able to see the faces of the players – um, the, the stadiums are obviously smaller, so that's creates more intimacy. The, 
the teams are smaller. Like they, they, they come into more of a family bond because it's such a closer knit group. Cause there's only what, like 15, 20 guys on a roster in Europe and injuries. And it's just such a more, it's such a, it's such a deeper, I would say journey with your guys because you're in the hunt longer. It's just, you're always in it. Even if you're a really bad team, you can make a run like Oregon state did a few years ago in your conference championship and win that and, and get in. So like, you're never out of it. Uh, it's such a brotherhood and a family where um, it's, it's a lot more, I would say intimate and emotional. And it's, it's a beautiful thing to watch and you can get really invested in this uh, and with the guys. And it's, it is, it is a very beautiful thing to watch a beautiful journey. Cause it's a long season uh, a lot can happen, and and then you get to the the climax of the year, which is March, um, and you see hopes and dreams realized, and hopes and dreams destroyed, and it is uh, a just roller coaster of emotions, and it, it's what makes college sports so beautiful. Whether it's football or basketball, just the the young college amateur athlete seeing their dreams realized, because a lot of these guys will not be uh, at the next level, and it is. Um, it's just, it is a very fun and personal, uh, beautiful thing to watch. And I, I love all of That's it. That's a perfect way to describe what college basketball is and how it's different in, compared to college football. I think that was a great point because it is, it's, you have, you, you have a lot less people on a team. Um, I've, like I said, for those of you that know me, but some that listen to this don't know me that well, uh, I worked for Western Michigan's basketball team. For four years, uh, Division One team, we didn't win many games. I'll just say that. Um, but you really you get to know all the players. Obviously, I was on a staff, so that staff is a tight knit staff. Like college football, you might have twenty to thirty guys that make up a coaching staff. College basketball, you really have you're you're allowed a head coach, four assistants. Now they just changed that in the last few years, and then you're allowed. Um, like a director of basketball, a video coordinator, and then you kind of go down the line. You really at the most are seeing eight people, eight to nine people that are like the coaches. And then you have graduate assistants, all that. So it's a tight knit family. I mean, we, my, in my job, like you're on the road a lot. Like you go, uh, and I was in the Mac and we would travel to Buffalo and it's a seven hour bus ride. And you're with that group for uh, 72 hours and you, you really do become a family and that's what college basketball is. And I love college basketball atmospheres. So there are so many, obviously I'm biased because I get to go watch Michigan state play at the Breslin. And that's one of the greatest, uh, like basketball environments, but it's so like every it's so it's quiet. It's not quiet. Sorry. It's not quiet because it's enclosed like sound, just bounces off the roof and it is crazy. Like I really applaud, like try to get to go to college basketball games. If you can, for those of you that are living in the state of Michigan, go to a Michigan state game. They're crazy. Like tomorrow night against James Madison, it's going to be crazy. Uh, Obviously when like Michigan rolls in or Purdue or Indiana, those schools, it's crazy, but it's just an awesome atmosphere. Cole, go to try and get to an Arizona game this year. Arizona is one of the uh, best home court advantages, and they're going to be good this year. It's just it's a beautiful thing going to college basketball. So people try to do that. Yeah, uh, and bear down this year. Uh, and I am going to be definitely traveling down to Tucson. I I, I have to go to a game. I think it's going to be a great atmosphere. And, and Arizona is a traditionally very solid program. And they're going to be good this year. And there's a lot of tradition. And they're, they're really good sports fans. I mean, if you have watched their football team, who is traditionally not good, their fans still show up. They love their sports down there. And I'm really excited. Um, 
to see to see their traditional power that they really love in their basketball team and and go down and see that because it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun and really cool home court advantage. Um, but also Arizona State, they're they're sneaky, not bad. Um, and and I'm I'm definitely gonna try to get to a few games because that's right down the road from me as well. And um, to get to see a few of these uh, these Pac-12 games that I usually wouldn't get to see, but. There's one uh, one thing you missed, Jeff. You said you're going to the first round, you're going to the second round, but come on, you're you're gonna come down and visit, and we're gonna go to the Final Four National Championship game right here. Uh, that is in, in, in Cole's my backyard. Hometown. Yeah, right yeah, here. In no, Phoenix. that's that's uh, that is. I I'm not gonna lie. That is. There are thoughts of uh, that. I'm visiting Cole in the beginning of February, where we might actually have like a a live sh- uh, recording together because visiting him for a few days and then might have to go a few months later and final four but no for those of you that did not finish uh the college basketball season you don't know what happened last year it was from a uh tournament standpoint and like the teams that got there towards the end from a casual fan that doesn't they just want the blue bloods to do good it probably wasn't your tournament uh UConn is a probably a blue blood but the teams that got to the final four with them probably are not considered blue bloods and so UConn is the defending national champion coming off a victory against San Diego State and this is a UConn team that loses their best two players in Adama Sinogo and they lose uh, Andre Jackson really good players and they come in at six in the preseason poll Um, Cole and I are going to run through really quickly I'm just going to go through for those of you that don't know the AP number one team pretty Unanimous. They got 46 of the 60, I think, four votes that the AP poll has. And that's Kansas, um, number one in the country. Uh, for those of you that are in from the state of Michigan, they get Hunter Dickinson, who is the headliner for this team. Um, obviously, there's a lot of uh, – I'm not a Hunter Dickinson guy. Cole, as time went on at Michigan – became became less and less of a Hunter Dickinson guy and now he's at Kansas he went to Bill Self's team they're the number one team coming into the year uh they're gonna get tested right away we have an awesome event for those of you that don't watch much college basketball called the Champions Classic that is a week from this upcoming Tuesday I think that is the 14th and we have two really good games Michigan State Duke Kansas Kentucky so an awesome event And the other team, number two real quick, Cole, Duke. And Duke is interesting because from a standpoint that Duke used to be, um, we'll go out and we'll just get five-star, five-star, five-star. Well, they did that, but they brought back some five-stars. And they bring back uh, the ACC Preseason Player of the Year, Kyle Filipkowski. He's just a versatile do-it-all guy, 6'10", can shoot it can drive it like he is an elite player and they bring him back with an outstanding recruiting class and Jared McCain who is a top he's five-star consensus guy and then a lot of other uh really highly touted guys I mean they have four of the top 23 players according to 24-7 sports which is what I use for a lot of my college basketball so Cole those are the top two teams um we're gonna get into kind of our conferences and stuff but um, those are the top two teams you pretty consensusly from the general public. The next two are actually Big Ten teams. But what are your thoughts on number one, Kansas, with their new man, Hunter Dickinson, and then Duke with a mix of veterans that have been there and played in big games and then really highly touted freshmen in John Shire's second year under 
the helm at Duke. Yeah, I actually, I personally like Duke um, more than I like Kansas. I think this is, they are ranked accordingly though. I, I think Duke, I would, if I was betting my money right now, I'm taking Duke to finish better than Kansas uh, in the tournament and go deeper. Um, but the addition of Hunter Dickinson for Kansas is going to be mutually beneficial for both parties because Listen, Hunter Dickinson cannot be the guy. He can't. He needs to have a supporting cast around him because when he's the guy, he's just going to go out and get his, have a bad attitude, maybe jog on defense, whatever. He needs to be uplifted by his teammates and have a higher sense of purpose because he's a bad defender um, and really bad defender. That's a big reason why he's not in the draft right now because his game uh, does not translate to the NBA well. Because if you're a big guy in the NBA and you can't play defense, you have nothing of value. Um, you really, you really don't have much. So there's a reason he's still uh, in college basketball, and I think he he exhausted everything he could with his time at Michigan. I was pretty done with him, like you said, at the end of the year. But I do think he he will work well for Kansas, and Kansas will work well for him just because they already have the roster built. He doesn't need to feel like he has to be the guy. Um, but Duke, I they return um, their four top scorers from last year like that is huge to have um just another year of training coaching um and just like just they've been there before they know what to do and i, I think kyle filipowski like you said super super good tyrese Pro- proctor their best nba prospect they are they are a very very uh talented roster and deep roster and they have everything they're gonna need i just they have the they have the one of the best front courts if not maybe the best in the country, it's still, it's John Shire. We, we're still learning about him. I do think he, he is a very good coach and he'll continue to be a very good coach. But I mean, it's still a different era without coach K and we're still, there's still a lot to be learned about this guy. So that's the one positive. But I think, I think all these rankings are correct. I do think Purdue and Michigan state uh, are very good teams. I, I kind of teased this on one of our previous episodes that, um, listen, I think I don't, I hate Michigan state, but I think they are a very talented team. And, um, Honestly, that's that's who I've put uh, my future on to to win it all, and I did this months ago. Honestly, um, I, I I think that this is this is the team. I think Izzo's really looking for is one more, and I'm gonna hate every second of the ride. Um, but at the very least, if they have to do this to me and and make me upset, I hope like I can make money off it. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I have that future as well. It's uh, they're the second best odds to win it, and I want to just talk about them. Obviously, we're gonna get into them, but. I, this is a team that Tom Izzo has never had. He has had mixes of really good veterans and really good freshmen. But I think the veterans he has on this team, he returns his whole starting lineup basically. So Joey Hauser, amazing player for Michigan State. And he's one of those guys that you just, he's a program guy. He only was there three years, but he's the type of guy that you can say was a Spartan. Tyson Walker is Tom Izzo is not a fan of the transfer portal. For any of those, or for any of you that follow Michigan State basketball, Tom Izzo hates the transfer portal. He will not dive into the transfer portal, and he is stubborn about it. He has dove into it in the last few years, and he got Tyson Walker, and then four years ago, he got Joey Hauser. Those two have worked out tremendously for him. And this is a guy that has an amazing backcourt. And in my opinion, and you look at, UConn, a little different because they had Adama Sanogo, who was a dominant center. You look at what it takes to win in March, and it's guard play. Guards are what are going to win you games in big spots. 
And Michigan State starts three guards. They're small. Michigan State, that is the one thing when we go on with this year, that's the downside of the Spartans. They are they have small guards. Tyson Walker, he's 6'1". A.J. Hogard, he's 6'3", 6'4". Jay Nakins, same thing. But these three complement each other so well, and I just am so excited to see that. They also have Malik Hall, who maybe is finally healthy. Like Malik Hall is a special talent who has always had a foot problem. He, I think he got a pretty big surgery done this offseason. So here's me as an optimist hoping that he is uh, back to normal health. Their only, their only starter that I'm like, eh, I'm not as big of a fan of is Mati Sissoko, but he does his thing. Like He gets rebounds, plays good defense. He's a really good defender in the pick and roll. And now they bring in four freshmen, three of which are going to play day one big minutes. You have Xavier Booker. So for those of you that look at recruiting rankings, um, he's a top 20 kid, okay? He is the least ready to play at Michigan State, though, right away. And fans are going to be like, whoa, like, why is he not playing like this and that and all that come with the aspect of him not playing all these minutes? Because, yeah, top 15 kid. Well, it's kind of cool. He's a little different because Tom Izzo has said on his all his postgame or pregame or preseason interviews, it's a project, and the kid's bought into that. And to find a kid that's bought into that is a special thing. Now, obviously, if he doesn't play for like a month, that could his opinion could be a lot different. But Cohen Carr, ladies and gentlemen, you are going to see so many highlights of Cohen Carr from Michigan State. This kid is special. He is a high flyer. Like think Miles Bridges when he was at Michigan State and the dunks he had. Like this kid is going to be a difference maker. And then he gets his next Mateen Cleaves point guard and Jeremy Fierce. So I am I could obviously I told Cole this before we even got on this. I could talk about Michigan State and their season for the whole entire podcast, but we're not going to do that. I'm going to go quickly to the other Big Ten team, and then we'll kind of debrief. Purdue, Matt Painter, what's his thing? Great regular season team, always. Always has a good regular season team, wins a lot of Big Ten championships, wins a lot of Big Ten tournament championships, and then March happens, and it's like everything goes out the door. Well, they bring back essentially their whole team as well, like Michigan State, and it centers around the preseason player of the year, Zach Eady. This guy is huge. Like, those of you that don't watch college basketball, he's a monster. And they have all the other pieces around him. All it comes down to for Purdue, Cole, is can they win in March? Because they haven't gotten to a Final Four. Really, Duke we've been talking a lot about. Duke hasn't gotten to a Final Four. So it's getting over the hump. It's really hard to do. It's very hard to get to a Final Four. And it's going to be just an unbelievable college basketball season. Yeah, I agree. I think the the top is going to be um, better this year than it was last year. Um, we had we, it was a deep year, but I would say the top wasn't as as I mean we had a new number one uh, quite a lot last year, uh, and that's honestly I don't think that's as fun personally to, for, to me. But I think for Michigan State. I think the big X factor is the way Tom Izzo is able to coach Matty Sissoko and get him bought in. Because if you can get this guy dialed into, you know, you listen, you're going to be uh, our guy that just does the dirty work, does it, just do exactly what you need us to do, get those rebounds, set tough screens, play good defense. Like, you listen, you're not going to show up in the stat line maybe as much as you would like, but do your job. Just do, and if, 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 
if he can buy into that culture and Ezo can uh, appropriately coach him to get himself there, I think that would be a big game changer for Michigan State. But if, if Sissoko starts saying, I need to get mine, I need to get my points, like I need to make it to them. I mean, like if, if, if that is the case for him, then I think that's going to be, it's going to be tough, uh, a lot tougher for Michigan State than you would like. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a big, I, I, I think if, if, if a lot of it hinges on can Ezo like really get Sissoko to buy in to, just do your role, do your job, and execute it to the the, the top. Because uh, I mean, Golden State did the same, has done the same thing with uh, why am I blank? What's the what's their big guy's name? Golden State Looney. Yeah, I mean, he is just he he is a, such a big part of that team where he just gets bored, does dirty work, doesn't try to do too much, and I mean that's he's a big part of their success and why they won their their finals a few years ago and. I think that it could be to obviously different scale of what Sissoko could be for, for Michigan State if, if he can get him bought in. Yeah, and it's funny because like he like kept Kevon Looney. I think there was a stat where there was a game he had like two points and 22 rebounds. And that's just called buying into your role and embracing your role. And I that's just a cool thing. I want to give a little shout out to Jackson, Michigan native Carson Cooper for Michigan State. This is a kid that went to Colonize Rival High School. Then he went to uh, um, he transferred to Ipsy Prep, and then he went to IMG Academy. Carson Cooper, watch out for him on Michigan State this year. He does everything that it Tom Izzo wants out of a center. Think not as talented, but think of a Matt Costello type. Like gets rebounds. He he's not going to miss when you dump him off a uh, right by the hoop. He's gonna make it, and he's it's just really cool. He's from Jackson, Michigan. He's balling out. It's kind of funny. I used to ref him when he played soccer. He was a really good goalie, um, and he's turned himself into a really important piece on this Michigan State team, especially because they don't have Jackson Kohler for the first month and a half. Uh, he has he had foot surgery. So, Cole, let's, let's do this. Let's go conference by conference. Football, we have power five. Basketball, we have the big six is kind of what it's called. Um, the ACC will go alphabetical. They have three teams in the preseason uh, AP top 25. Duke, no surprise. We've said how good they are. Miami, who's coming off a very good year, a, a really good year for Jim Laranega, um, getting a Final Four appearance. And then we also have North Carolina. North Carolina is kind of interesting. Um, they have a lot, a lot of new pieces coming into this team. Um, they Hubert Davis has really utilized the transfer portal, I mean, they just have, you go down the list and with all the new guys they have, it begs the question, like, can they put it all together? I mean, they have they have transfers from Notre Dame, from Stanford. They have transfers from uh, uh, Brown, one of their good players. He's actually Michigan State's assistant coach's son, Paxim Wojcik, who's there. And they, they're just going to have to put it all together. They have a lot of talent. Um, I'm going to say just right now, I think Duke is the team in this conference to win. Obviously they're the preseason favorite, but I think they're the best talented team. But don't don't forget about Miami because they did a lot of really good stuff last year with uh kind of just a hodgepodge of talent to be honest. Not really the dominant type of guy. Isaiah Wong was their guy, Nigel Pack. Um this year they have a lot of good guys. Nigel Pack comes back. They also have uh Wuga Poplar, he's a kind of really cool name. He's a very good talent. So that's kind of where I'm looking at in this ACC call. I, I, I do think that three teams in the top 25 is probably correct, but I'm, uh, 
that's kind of where I'm at. I think that a lot of talent in that conference, but it used to be a conference where you're looking at nine, ten win or ten teams getting in the tournament. I just don't see it anymore. I think they're very top heavy, but a very good top. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I do think I feel the same way uh, about Duke in this conference that I felt about Texas when I was predicting the the Big Twelve of in football, where I just think this is this is. To me, an easy bet. I'm I'm hammering Duke to win uh, the ACC this year. I do think Miami could very well challenge them. They're a very well coached team. Um, it's just I think Duke really has has the firepower this this year with the returning uh, talent and scoring production that they are getting. I just think this is. You, I mean, I already said it. This is this is going to be Duke, and um, I'm definitely going to be be hammer hammering them to, to win the conference. However, I would say um, I do have a sleeper team for this conference. There's not. Um, I mean, you, you really never never know who it can be, especially in basketball. Like guys can just really figure it out um, and have put in work in the offseason. It's definitely, I would say, even more volatile than than football is as far as teams that can surprise you. But um, Virginia Tech, uh, they they definitely lose um, a good bit of their front court from last year, but they do have um, some really solid uh, guard play. And if they're having just they're unproven in the front court, and if they they're new guys. Um, they're going to be doing this by committee, uh, Patrick Wessler, uh, Mikhail Long. We, you, like, we have no idea, I guess, who's going to take it. And we're going to figure it out. But if those guys can be good enough, I think the guard play can sustain them and they can be a sneaky threat in the ACC. No, I like that. And I just think in college basketball, your teams can sneak up on you a lot more than I would say college football can. So moving to uh, let's do the Big 12 next, because I think this is probably – Probably top to bottom, one of the better conferences. Probably my, I think, the best. And a lot of that is because Houston moves into this conference. So in in football, all the teams that came in the Big 12 are doing nothing this year. We've obviously made jokes a lot if you've listened to the podcast. But Houston in basketball is one of the best programs in the last five years. And they are preseason seven in the country. You look at, you look at just go down the list of the teams – that are in this conference that are preseason ranked Kansas one Houston seven you go all the way down to Texas at 18 and they always have a lot of turnover you go Baylor 20 and it's just I think I am not as high on Kansas as I think like the consensus is being number one I think they have all the pieces you need they have a really dominant big man they have a really good point guard in Charles Harris and then they have Kevin McCuller, who's kind of your do-it-all guy. Uh, good good five-star in a Mario Jackson uh, point guard. And so I think they're going to figure it out. But I also really like Houston this year because Houston brings LJ Cryer from Baylor, who's another team I like. But you Houston just always, you know they're going to be tough as can be. They also have Damian Dunn transferred from Temple, who averaged almost 16 a game last year. And they're going to have tough dudes up front. Like, you look at Jawan Roberts. You look at all the guys that are make up the front court at Houston. They're going to be tough. They're going to play good defense. Kelvin Sampson is a heck of a coach. But the other team that I really like, and I, I don't know if you can call them a sleeper because they're top 20, but I really like Baylor a lot. Um, they bring in two good transfers. Ray J. Dennis, he dominated at Toledo. He was one of the more coveted guards in the transfer portal and they bring in Jaden Nunn also a Michigan native from VCU and these two are going to be really good and then factor in Jacoby Walter the five-star freshman guard from McKinney Texas I mean they got all the pieces 
Jalen Bridges comes back last year. He was their 3 and D wing. Uh, Jonathan Chamuchachua, who's their guy up front that is just, he's just your do-it-all guy as well. Uh, obviously, losing LJ Cryer is tough, but I think they brought in the talent. So I love Baylor, and I really like Houston as well. I just think these teams, I think they got all the pieces you need. It's just can they do it? Come March. Yeah, yeah. Baylor is a team that I would say has a very high range of uh, a very large floor to ceiling gap. Um, just because how do those new guys come in and fit together and the chemistry? Because I mean, they do lose three of uh, their starting guards who are all fifty average fifteen points or more last year. That's that, that's that's tough to make up, especially just the chemistry. Like you know what you had last year, and you got a whole bunch of new guys that need to figure out. I I agree with you. I think that they will figure it out. And I think this is a very um, sneaky good team. I guess not super sneaky, but um, as you said, for a top 20 team. But just, you got to look out for them for sure because they really could come and just be a freight train. But I, I don't want to forget about Texas. Obviously, there's always a lot of turnover there. But, I mean, we all remember uh, Oral Roberts' uh, Cinderella run um, with uh, Max Amos. Yep. Great player. Yeah, he is... Yeah, I mean, he. I, I, we'll see how his game can transition to a bigger program um, where uh, do you just take over? Do you kind of play, sink into maybe your role? I guess whatever the team needs for you. But, um, yeah, I mean, this team, this it could be very, very good in Texas. And this is another team that has a very high floor to ceiling. But this conference, like you said, has gotten a lot better with the addition of Houston. Um, and, yeah, any team could really do well here. I mean, TCU, Iowa State, and Kansas State just knocking on the door there. Like no one would be surprised if any of those teams um, are really good this year. Um, and yeah, I, I think this is. The, I agree with you. This is the best conference, um, especially because they have the meat in the middle, but they also have the top, um, the the dominant teams with uh, especially Kansas and Houston up there. And so yeah, I, th- I think this is the best conference, and it, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a ride. I think I do think that teams it's. There's no team that's going to be in the driver's seat uh, through the Big 12 because, like you said, I don't think Kansas is quite as good as everyone says it is. And I do think we deserve to give credit to how deep this conference is that Kansas won't just be able to walk through, especially with such a long college basketball season where you go on runs, things change, you get hot, you get cold. It happens. It's college basketball. And I think that's going to make for a really entertaining uh, Big 12. Yeah, I mean, you play 30 two games sometimes you I mean obviously when you get your conference tournaments NCAA tournament you can even get to 40 games played and Texas I like that Cole I do think they're one you got to keep an eye on because they bring back a lot of the team that was a few minutes away from getting to an elite eight I mean they just lost to Miami just uh, or getting to a final four excuse me that was the elite eight and they have a great backcourt when you look at Max Admus and you look at Tyrese Hunter uh, Dylan DeSue is a good front court guy. They got the pieces, and I really am a big fan that they kept uh, his name. Oh, shoot. Uh, Terry, what's his first name, Cole? You got to help me out. The head coach at Texas. I love that guy. And I'm. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm blanking on the name, too, but he is. He's it a, might be Damian Terry. It's uh, Rodney Terry. Yeah. Rodney Terry. They love him. His name. They so, absolutely yeah, love him over there. There's a reason that team was able to rally after the scandal the walking scandal that was <laughs> Chris Beard uh but I mean he rallied that team there's no reason he shouldn't have gotten rehired and uh he he did a heck of a job and, and the players love him like these players love him they're gonna go out and they're gonna fight and they're gonna play for this guy and come on like 
this is a guy who's going to lead his young men and they're going to want to show up and play for him. And I'm happy they got the deal done quick and they just, look, this is our guy. And I'm happy he's still there. Yeah, one of probably the, the best dressed coaches, if you watch, he he's dripped out. He always has the dunks on or some Jordans on. He 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 looks styled out. So I want to go into the, uh, we'll go Big Ten here, Cole. Only three preseason ranked teams. You have Michigan State, Purdue, um, top four, and then you have Illinois at 25. Um, I am, I'm no secret. I think Michigan State's going to win this. I just think Izzo finally has what he needs. And this is a team that it's going to be really fun. It's fun having season tickets for this team because every game is a, uh, it's going to be a fun game to go watch. And I do think keep an eye on Illinois because Illinois brings back probably one of the best players in the big 10 outside of, uh, Zach Eady and Terrence Shannon. I'm a big fan of him. He, he uh, he's a great player and he is fun to watch. And Brad Underwood, he's always going to have his guys checked in. They're due for the uh, crazy, just getting beat by a, one of the worst teams in the Big Ten. They always seem to have that there at Illinois. And, and then Brad Underwood gets after the guys. I think some other teams that are on the fringe in this conference that you probably should pay an eye on. I think Indiana, whenever Indiana is, uh, Indiana's become relevant again, which is good to see because that's just, that's what we want. They have to replace a lot. I mean, they lose Trace Jackson Davis and they lose Jaden Hood Shifano. They're two best players, but they bring in uh, some good players and Xavier Johnson, their point guard. And I just said, guards win you games. He's back healthy. So that's kind of where I'm looking. I think it's Michigan State, Purdue battling it out all year. Um, unfortunately, those teams only play each other one time, and it's in uh, West Lafayette. So that's a bummer for a home season ticket holder because that's a fun game to always witness. But, um, yeah, I think it's those two teams. But there's also good teams in your Michigan Wolverines I think are going to be better than a lot of people do think. I, I think they're going to have – I think they're going to make the tournament because they were kind of 50-50 in people's opinion. But I think they're going to make the tournament. I think they're – a good basketball team. Yeah, I'll, I'll get I'll get into Michigan in a second. I, I think I, I think Purdue is going to win the Big Ten. Um, and well, you guys say, oh, you picked Michigan State to win the national championship. Why did you pick Purdue? I mean, we all know that winning your conference does not mean you're winning the the national championship. And I think Purdue, uh, just with who they're returning, the guys who are just who have already won, who have been there before, I think they're going to be uh, very consistent throughout the regular season. I think I, I, I do think they'll just. They'll have the wins stacked up, and they they'll end up winning the Big Ten. Um, but I do think Michigan State is more built for a tournament run. And they'll win it. So my pick is Purdue winning the Big Ten, and then Michigan State. That doesn't mean anything because they'll end up, I think, going going the furthest uh, in tournament play. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, Maryland's a sneaky team that. Um, I mean, we're not sneaky to people who know Big Ten basketball, but they'll they'll they should have a really good year as well. And there's there's a lot of teams that are kind of in that conversation: Maryland, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana. That's like, like they could be anything. I think it's going to be really really hard for Indiana to replace Trace Jackson Davis. Like we're seeing what he's already doing with Golden State. This guy was like the heart and soul of their team. He is a very very good player, and it's just going to be hard to overcome um, and get used to having to play without having being able to rely on, on Trace Jackson Davis. I mean, he was he was just a threat at all times. He always said he knew where he was on the floor, and, and you had to game, create your whole game plan around him, so it's going to be tough for him to overcome it. Honestly, big storyline for, for Ohio State. Chris Holtman, um, which people absolutely love when he first got there, he's, he's done 
pretty good job, but he's he's kind of slowed down. The love for him has, has kind of slowed down a little bit, and this is an important year for him. I don't necessarily think he's on the hot seat by any means. I personally think he's a, he's a good coach, but um, I think he needs to accomplish a little bit more this year and, and show a few more, a little bit more of a sign of life. Jeff, you can speak uh, a little bit more to that as you're, I guess, more closely um, as a fan of, of the program in general. Um, and yeah, I think Michigan is widely picked to finish near the bottom of of the conference this year uh from from everything that i've seen that very well could happen um just with the turnover that they have on their team i i'm very cautiously optimistic um because getting hunter dickinson out of there getting jace howard out of there or yeah jace Ho- howard out of there he was they they were very much like i need to go and i need to get mine i need to get what i need to get and, and they, they they weren't team guys like we went on our winning streaks last year when Jet Howard was hurt. Unbelievable talent, very good individual talent, but he was not bought into the team. I don't think Jawan Howard um, really held him accountable. He, he was my son. He's the best player, but there was not a system to that team. He was a black hole. The ball, him and Hunter were black holes. The ball would go to them, and it was, I'm going to get my shot up. I'm going to go put my team on the back, and it just wasn't good. Um, Ter- Terrace Reed is a guy. He's our, he's our big guy. He'll be really good for us. He's a guy who plays really good defense. He has the ability uh, um, on on offense, but he'll play very good defense. He's a very athletic player. He's a big guy. Um, and he'll, he'll be, I think he'll be really good. I think that uh, George McDaniel, or I don't know why I'm blanking on his name right now, Doug McDaniel. Doug McDaniel. George Washington. You're, you're yeah. mixing two yeah. guys. Um, I, think, I think Doug McDaniel, he got a lot of, much needed experience last year. We get Jalen Llewellyn. He should be back from energy, uh, an injury, and he'll he'll be able to add some leadership and some some veteran to the to the roster. And um, honestly, and the biggest one we have here is um, is our transfer. Yeah, good and luck his saying name, his name. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I can't even Nakamahoa. I mean, he'll he'll be he should good. be our best player. He's he's transferring out of Tennessee. He he's a six nine forward. He's he's pretty much really what we needed. Um, as because Terrace will be our, our big center, uh, he'll be kind of he'll he'll be our, our, our really versatile forward. That I, I think. Listen, I this team could implode and not be good, um, but just because they lost two top two lottery picks and the one of the better players in college basketball, people will blindly look at that and be like, "Oh, this team's going to be worse." And I'm not so sure. The culture we had last year, I think it was a horrible coaching job by Jawan Howard last year. Um, this is a very inconsistent team. I think these are guys who are hungry. This is going to be a team that they're going to have to rely on moving the ball more um, and really just relying on each other. And I think that culture will be created. And this is also, Jawan Howard, You, we've seen a lot of former players that become coaches start hot and do really bad. And this is a big year for you. Like you need to show signs of life as a coach and you you can't live or die by good recruits and you've only won with John Beeline's talent and John Beeline's team and you need to step up this year you need to show um why you deserve to stay or else it's, it might be time to move on because it's really showing that a lot of former players are not succeeding and I, I think this is a big year for him and he needs to step up because um I don't think his roster is as bad as people think it is and I think they have a really good chance to do well yeah and I Wanted to touch base real quick on Ohio State because I think they're probably the sleeper just because of what they bring in. They bring in a lot of transfers that have uh, that they're good. Like Jamison Battle was Minnesota's best player. Now, what you can take away from that is Minnesota was bad. You have the aspect of him putting up stats on that team. That's a fair thing. 
Um, Dale Bonner, he won. Like he was a part of Baylor's uh, national championship winning team, and he is a great perimeter guard. And then finally, it looks like Zed Key is healthy. He's their big uh, five man. And I watched their uh, they had a charity scrimmage against University of Dayton, who you will hear a lot of love from me on this podcast. My niece is a cheerleader for the basketball team there, and they're good. And they played in a charity exhibition and Zed Key looks like he's lost a lot of weight which is good and they bring in some good freshmen I mean Scotty Middleton and Devin Royal were both pretty highly touted kids and then you also have the emergence last year of Bruce Thornton who I think is just going to be really good for Ohio State but I think Michigan is going to be better than people do anticipate um I just I think the Big Ten is going to be fun and I think you're going to see eight nine teams get to March Cole that's just that's what it is so I want to move to the Big East. Oh, go ahead. One final thought. The, the, the question with the Big Ten, I think they're the second best conference. The, sec, the question with the Big Ten, which I think we're, we're in a better place this year than we were last year for this, is can we get some teams, some more teams out of that first weekend in the tournament? Because we'll, we'll have a, a lot of teams make the, make the field for sure. Um, the question is, can we um, get some more teams out of the first weekend? I think we will this year, personally, especially. I think Michigan State's going to help us look a lot better um, in that aspect, but... I mean, what do you think? Do you think that we will have a better showing in the tournament this year? I know it's it's the question every year, and we continue to disappoint. Uh, what do you think about that? I think we have two legitimate national championship teams that could win it. Um, obviously, you take away Purdue's uh, history when it gets to the tournament. Tom Izzo's won in March. Uh, he's he's due for a Final Four. He's due for a national championship. I'm, but I we need it. We need a good showing, Cole, uh, especially in this final edition of the Big Ten before we get. Uh, some of we get one of the most historic basketball programs in history in UCLA joining the conference. So yes, we need to have a good showing and I think we will. So I'm hoping big East conference that just won a national championship and really has been winning a decent amount of championships. When you look at Villanova and then UConn last year, and this is a, this is a great conference. This is a tough conference to play in the big East. You got to be tough and they have a lot of preseason teams, Marquette five, UConn six. Um, you just look at what Villanova at twenty two is. I'm gonna say it right here. I'm gonna get my take in on this conference and then let Cole go. I don't think Marquette's a top five team in the country. I just don't. I watched their last game of the year. They played Michigan State in Columbus, round of thirty two, um, and they had some really good players, but they're gone. Uh, they had Olivier Prosper, I believe is his name. He's he got drafted first round pick by the Mavericks. Um, Tyler Kolick, he's good, gets a lot of hype. Michigan State took him out of that game, and I wasn't extremely impressed. So I don't think they're a top-five team. Um, and then I'm just going to get to it. My surprise team, and I know they're ranked, is Villanova. I love this Villanova team. Uh, I really am excited for what Kyle Neptune can do in year two um, without Jay Wright. They brought in a lot of transfer portal guards that are good. TJ Bamba from Washington State. He's very solid. Justin Moore comes back finally. He was a guy that was part of all their winning teams and just couldn't stay healthy. They bring in Hakeem Hart from Maryland. He's a solid player. Lance Ware comes from Kentucky who played a big role there. Tyler Burton, he's one that he's not a flashy player, but he played for uh, Richmond. He was their best player for the last years and Richmond's a historic team to get to the NCAA tournament. I like Villanova a lot. Um, top or they're 22. I have not looked at odds for conferences. That's one you want to keep an eye on to see 
with they uh, like what they are to win the regular season because I really like Villanova Cole. Yeah, this is this is my favorite conference to just casually watch. It's it's always very good, tough basketball. Uh, another storyline I want to keep an eye on this year is, is Ed Cooley taking on uh, the Georgetown job. Let's see how he can do in his first year taking over a program that's really been uh, just in the depths of, of college basketball and just in poverty mode. Um, and there's a lot of drama around it. Providence is not happy with him with him leaving to take that job. And I mean, that, that Providence-Georgetown game is going to be one that's just... For the, just for the drama and the stakes, it's going to be very fun to watch. Uh, a team that you didn't mention that I actually I think is going to win. Um, I think this team is going to win the Big East, and I'm I'm going with Creighton here. Uh, they they have a lot of top teams. Oh, good call. I totally missed them. <laughs> good, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> they they have. I mean, Greg McDermott. He he's a very he's proven he's a very solid coach. He can get his team uh, a lot of wins, but um, they got a lot of top players in all of college basketball on that roster. They have a very, very talented roster. Um, losing uh, Nimhard is, is going to be tough for him. Like that, that's, that's obviously not exactly what you want. Uh, he, he heads over to Gonzaga, but man, I, I do think this is a really good Creighton team. Top three uh, scorers, including their Big East play, uh, two-time Big East player of the year and Ryan uh, Calabriner are just, they're just back. They're on the team. Um, they, they lost two guys in terms of portal, but this is a talented team. They can get over that. Um, and this is going to be a tough team to play night in and night out. Very good defensive team, uh, with, with talent and a lot of returning production. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think, I, I think Creighton is like, I don't, I agree with you. It's not Marquette to me. I mean, they have Tyler Collick back. No one even pictured Marquette to be good last year either. So if they won, it's like, yeah, you're right. You know, we didn't think you were going to be good last year either. Um, but I don't think it's Marquette. I, I, to me, my pick is Creighton. It very well could be Villanova. It very well. UConn. We didn't even mention Marquette. UConn. Like that one surprised me. It absolutely could be UConn. I mean, we, we know who UConn is. Like UConn, they have a lot to overcome and it's tough when they, when they lose all that. But listen, it very well could be UConn. Um, Rick Pitino. Over there at St. John's, like who, who's to say that they're they're not the team, and, and you just don't know because Marquette was picked to finish last 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 year. Like, come on, hey, this this is such a fun and volatile conference that, um, like I said, it's my favorite to just casually watch and, and see how uh, that biggest East race goes because it's always a fun race. Yeah, big loss too with with Nemhard Arthur Kaluma. He was he's kind of their X factor guy. He he's off now to Kansas State which is a team we didn't even mention in our Big 12 uh, talk. And that's just how college basketball is. We we, we could spend hours and do uh, tons of preview episodes. It's just a little harder with our schedules and with college football going on. But it's a great – you just got a lot of good teams. So SEC, Cole, they have a lot of teams. Uh, I think they got five teams. Uh, Tennessee at nine. Uh, Arkansas, 14. 15, Texas A&M. 16, Kentucky, who we haven't even mentioned today. And then Alabama at 24. So I got to watch the the top team in their conference so far, Tennessee. Tennessee is going to be really good. They came in and beat Michigan State in a charity exhibition without their two best players. If that doesn't tell you that that team's going to be good, let the fact that Rick Barnes is their head coach and he is just a winner and has one. They are going to be a very good team. They are they are gritty. Like they. 
I didn't really talk much about it. They really exposed Michigan State by posting up their guards. It's something that Michigan State's going to have to learn how to deal with. They kept posting them up because they have big guards, and Tennessee's going to be good. But, Cole, I love this Kentucky team this year. And I I feel like I, I tell you this all the time, and I know I've always been pretty high on Kentucky, but I just feel like I feel like it's going to click this year. I just think the talent that they have in that room and kind of hearing how their foreign trip went and how the guys have gelled, I'm excited. Like, you look at the five stars that this team brought in. Rob Dillingham, outstanding guard. Justin Edwards, who's probably the best pro prospect on this team. A 6'8", versatile 3'4", man. Can see, he can even play the two, to be honest. Aaron Bradshaw, 7'1" big, athletic, lengthy. They bring in a good transfer in Trey Mitchell from West Virginia. Antonio Reeves was there last year. He was a grad transfer from Illinois State. Kid can shoot the ball. And then my favorite player on this team is DJ Wagner. He was, a lot for a long time, he was the number one player in the country. Uh, as the time went on, he was not. But he's down to Louisville and Kentucky. And this guy just looks like an NBA two guard. And I'm excited. I think they're going to put it together. I think they're going to win. The, or the SEC, and I think they're actually going to get somewhere in March, which they haven't done in a long time, Cole. Coach Cal has not gotten the squad there. But it's a good conference. Uh, I mean, Texas A&M under uh, Buzz Williams, they're going to be tough. Like, they're gritty, and it is going to be a really competitive SEC. This is definitely number two, in my opinion, of conferences, and you could probably make an argument – it's one, but I'm going to give them number two. Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be very fun to watch. Another storyline I'm going to be looking at um, is, is Nate Oates. He, he snagged a few uh, portal prizes in Grant Nelson and Aaron Estrada. And can they bounce back? They lost a lot um, of production last year. So Nate Oates, will, can he sustain the success he's had um, and also be fighting for that conference um, championship? Auburn is not going to be a bad team at all. They're going to like this is a very, like you said, very deep conference. I personally think the best team here, I mean, Tennessee is going to be very good. A team that I uh, really like is Arkansas. I think Eric Musselman is uh, a very, very outstanding coach. He's so good at going to the transfer portal and getting guys. Um, Khalif Battle, who he picked up out of Temple, uh, is just an elite shooter. Uh, could be one of the best shooters in the country, could be the best shooter in the country potentially if he just depending on his performance this year. And um, Musselman's a really good coach. I mean, they lost. Oh, I can't remember his name, but they had a guy go down early last year um, who is... Oh, they lost, I mean, Nick Smith, yeah. Anthony Black. They lose a lot of talent. Yeah, yeah. they, they had guys early last year, um, though. What I'm saying is last year, a guy before the season started got hurt, their best player. And people Nick from Smith, the outside, yeah. yeah, would have been like, okay, yep, he is going to... They're not going to be as good, sadly, whatever. It's a shame. And he finds a way to get his guys rallying. Um, and he always finds a way to win. And he's built a good culture there. And I think he's my he's probably my favorite coach in the in the SEC for sure. And yeah, I, I just I really like Arkansas. I'm gonna be honestly just rooting for him as a fan. I love what he does there, and I, I just I really like their their team and their program they got going on. But um, yeah, it's gonna be a fun team. Kentucky is really a wild card every year too. Like you never know what you can get, especially because a lot of times these are high school kids where there's you they could be really really good. They could be amazing, but sometimes. They're high school kids who just came out of high school. There could be some drop-off there. Um, but, yeah, they're going to be a threat. They're going to be shooting the ball well. I mean, 
when you can surround Antonio Reeves with this class they're bringing in, it's going to be very beneficial to them. And it's going to be, it's going to be a very fun conference to watch for sure. Like you said. Yeah. And Arkansas, I used to have some insight for you because my uh, good friend worked for uh, coach Moss there and was a GA and they, they did a really weird thing this, this off season because Moss, everyone calls him Moss. And uh, coach yeah, on the must bus, the must bus, and must and uh, Nato's are the portal kings. Like they go out and get all the guys in the portal. They brought in a ton of guys, and they all brought them in at the same positions. This is a team. This is a team that might play four guards. Like in all honesty, but they have the talent in the guards. Like they bring in L. Ellis from who was Louisville's a dumpster fire, but he was their best player by far. They bring in Keon Menafield from Washington. He's a Michigan kid. He also he probably will not play this year. I read that he should redshirt. Obviously, Khalif Battle, who's the high, most highly touted out of any of them. They bring in Jeremiah Davenport from Cincinnati, and then the best person, in my opinion, they brought in is Tremont Mark from Houston. This guy is tough. He was a big loss for Houston, and they're going to have a lot of uh, a lot of guard lineups. Some pretty heavy guard lineups, I would say, Cole and. You look at Bay Fall, five star. They're they, they're going to be good. Travon Brazil was a big guy that went down, and I think he went down in January for them last year, and that was a huge loss because he's he's talented. I like all you say about Arkansas. Um, yeah, I I'm a I'm a fan of what they do there. Not a fan of exactly how they treat some of their staff, but that's also college basketball, and that's that's Coach Moss. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean it is. When you look historically, a lot of the teams that have success in the tournament have veteran, solid guard play. And that is very important to have really good, trustworthy guard play when you get to tournament time. Um, And like you said, they're going to have a lot of guards to pick from, and they're going to be playing at times four guards at a time maybe. Um, But I think that bodes well at least come tournament time to – just have that trust in your guard play because that is so important to make a run. Maybe not to win your conference or for a regular season, but as far as going deep in the tournament, it's it's so important to have veteran, trustworthy guard play. Exactly. Agree, and I think they, they have it. They definitely have it. It's just how he uses it. So the Pac-12, which I would say out of these six conferences is probably the worst um, in terms of kind of where you see the preseason team. They have a lot of good teams, though. Um, but just from top to bottom, I would say probably the weaker side, only two preseason uh, top 25 teams, and you have Arizona, the favorite to win. And then you have a really interesting USC team. USC, no secret, has uh, Bronny James, who is highly touted. But the guy you got to pay attention to on USC is Isaiah Collier and Boogie Ellis. Like these are the, they're up there in terms of best backcourt in the country, and they've never played together. Um, you compare them with the likes of like an A.J. Hogarth, Tyson Walker. Like these two are good. Isaiah Collier is a bulldog, like tough-nosed kid. Um, UCLA is going to be good. I mean, Mick Cronin is – he's – I never will ever write Mick Cronin off. Um, obviously, no secret to the fact that he beat Michigan State in the uh, playing game a few years ago and then went to a Final Four, and he's just – He's a great coach, gets the most out of his team. Cole, what are you kind of thinking in the Pac-12? I mean, Arizona brings in Caleb Love, um, who I think will work there. I don't think Caleb Love can work everywhere, but I think Arizona, he's going to have the ball, 
and I think it's going to work out for them. It's just what I'm saying. I, I like Arizona a lot, um, but I think there's some other teams you really got to pay attention to. Yeah, and Caleb Love is getting a much-needed fresh start. Um, and having that really trustworthy big man is something that he's used to. Uh, he has Balo down there this year. Uh, he had Baycott in years prior. Um, and this is this is just, this is going to be a very important year for his legacy as a college basketball player uh, because he's moving conferences, a new change of scenery. Um, and listen, if you can get Arizona to on a Final Four run, a national championship, which this very well could happen, and we saw what they did last year, um, is a shame as they had some guard play. Uh, struggled down the stretch as they had struggled with injuries and um, it was it was sad but if you can get them good like you will be remembered at least down here I mean people love their Arizona basketball I'm starting to really experience it and I'm starting to really be surprised about how much passion there is for Arizona sports down here it's uh, you're kind of hidden away here in the desert you just assume like oh they just Arizona whatever but for basketball they love their their ball here and uh, I'm excited. I'm definitely, gonna, like I said earlier, going to be going to some of these games uh, as many as I can, honestly. Uh, I have a good friend who, who went there. And, yeah, I mean, Caleb Love is, is, is very intriguing to see how he can uh, extend this roster and, and maybe hopefully get him above the hump. Uh, USC, I mean, it's just going to be fun to see. It's the first time I'm really going to be watching Bronny James. Uh, I don't know fully his health status. I'm pretty sure he's returned to practice. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's obviously a scary thing, uh, what it went through and USC is sadly no stranger to weird situations like this happening. And that's gonna obviously can mentally hinder you, but I think you, this USC team is, is a stacked roster, but let's talk about Colorado a little bit. Colorado brings in a, just a very impressive loaded recruiting class. And this, this could be a really sneaky, good team. And, and honestly, the energy that is just in that state or in in that community on that campus right now like that could very well bleed over the fans are going to be more into their sports teams over there because of Dion. Dion is not just a blessing to their college football program he's a blessing to their athletics department um I do think that does carry over I mean there's there's really um that's just it just is what it is and I think that's going to help uh the energy and the belief in that program a lot and I think there's there that those guys are going to feel very supported uh, by their community and by their campus. So, yeah, I mean, this is – look, it's it's the Pac-12. Um, some years they're good, but most years they're not in basketball. Uh, sorry, Mr. Uh, Bill Walton. This is not the Conference of Champions. Um, this poor guy is losing all his teams. But um, I'm excited to, to go on one last ride with this conference for basketball season and – Stay up late, listen to Bill Walton uh, stoned out of his mind talking about some basketball. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> poor Bill Walton. He's gonna. We haven't heard his take on all this, but I, we will definitely get his take on it because, yeah, Cody Williams is the kid Cole's talking about on Colorado. I mean, top five kid, and for you to get that at Colorado, Tad Boyle, shout out to you. Like that is a program changing guy. They've also been trending upwards. They've made the NCAA tournament few times in the last few years and yeah you hope the Deion Sanders um, hype can get there Cole let's wrap this up with we can't forget about Gonzaga Florida Atlantic uh, San Diego State St. Mary's out of the nine uh, obviously I'm, I'm just gonna tell you I think Gonzaga is really good uh, I just think they're probably the team that if you had to ask me what mid-major is the best team 
it's going to be Gonzaga for me. I just think I'm a big Ryan Nemhard guy, and I think they got rid of uh, some of those. They had a few classes go. They got a lot of five stars that I just don't think really worked for what they were doing. Obviously, Chet worked, but like Hunter Salas, really talented kid. He's gone now. Um, I just think this team's going to be good. You look at Nolan Hickman and Ryan Nemhard. I think that's a really good backcourt. And obviously, no Drew Timmy. I'm going to miss. I love Drew Timmy. Like, he was just, he's the type of dude I'd stay up and watch a game at midnight for because Drew Timmy with the mustache was just a cool dude. So, Florida Atlantic coming off a Final Four appearance, bring back a lot of the talent they do. Uh, Dusty May, heck of a coaching job. If he has another good year, you're probably not going to see him at Florida Atlantic. So, I just think. Mid-majors are always going to be relevant in college basketball, and that's the beauty. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to see kind of what team sticks out. I'm going to say it's going to be Gonzaga, and I know that's chalk, but I am nicknamed Chalk Jeff from Cole. Yeah, I I disagree. I think it's Florida Atlantic. Uh, they are returning a ton of production, um, pretty much everyone. Uh, Dusty May proved himself last year as a really good coach. I, I think it I think Florida Atlantic is um, really going to be poised to make another very deep run, um, and and listen, there's a lot of teams where we're kind of like are is are is this the guy? Uh, more particularly, there's there's Michigan, there's there's North Carolina, there's Ohio State, where it's like, is this the guy to lead our program? Gonna, we're going to learn a lot this year, and I'm sure as the year goes on, there will be more questions that come up. And Dusty May has another good year. Why, why not? Like, why not reach out to him if, if you, let's say, if you leave a lot to be desired at Michigan or North Carolina and you look, are looking for a change, like, why not reach out to him? Louisville. I mean, Louisville, come on, poverty there. I mean, there, Kentucky Wesleyan lost. But yeah, I think Dusty May is a, is a very good coach. I mean, he definitely needs to prove it again. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's Fort Atlantic. Gonzaga, I do think, will be really good. I think they'll be better than last year. The addition of Ryan Nimhard is... I agree with you. I'm a big Ryan Emhart guy. I think he is a very good guard. And like I said earlier, um, I really do believe in the value of vet, veteran super good guard play. I think that is what takes a team to that next level. Um, it's That's just very important. So, yeah, I mean, you can't sleep on St. Mary's. San Diego State, I think, is a team we see the drop-off from out of all those teams. Uh, they don't necessarily lose a lot of guys who were – super productive on their tournament run however um the loss of matt bradley um he's a big reason why the aztecs were that good on their regular season run and he's a big reason why they were where they were at uh from the regular season he didn't perform well in the ncaa tournament um but i I still think that matters a lot and i think there's gonna be um, it's going to be a long season for him without him, I think, and that's just going to, I think, affect him. I think they're who will most likely see the drop off from. Yeah, out of those top four or teams, I would probably side with you on that. They just they're so tough and play such tough knit defense that they will probably win a lot of games just on defense alone. But they do have to replace a lot of people. So obviously, if you guys just listen, this is our longest episode Cole and I have ever done on this podcast. So to say we don't care and like college basketball, and we didn't even touch on half the things. So kind of what Cole and I's plan is going forward as college football wraps up um, in a few weeks towards the end of this month, we have really good preseason tournaments. Um, So we'll probably kind of mix those in so we can talk about them, maybe do 
quick little Champions Classic. Who knows? Who says the podcast has to be like 30, 40 minutes? We could even do uh, a Champions Classic, talk 10, 15 minutes about it. The two games that goes on are a Maui. So you're going to see a lot of that. And then once we hit January when college basketball is the dominant thing in, in sports, um, especially college sports, We'll be full go. You'll, you'll the weekly shows, talking points, all of uh, the beauty that college basketball is, kind of getting you prepped for what we just talked about is a crazy month of March. It's the best month of the year. I guess I'm biased saying that, but it's gonna be exciting, Cole. And we we know what we're talking about college basketball. So it's a long season. So you'll uh, people you'll learn as you go, and hopefully we can uh, help you learn. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said. Um, I'm sure you guys hopefully heard uh, the passion that I have and that Jeff has um, for college basketball. I know we haven't talked about it much yet, but the passion is there and um, it's a beautiful sport uh, and it's a beautiful league, honestly. And I'm excited to dive right back into it again this year um, and really just go along the journey that is a college basketball season. It is such a journey. Um, You get more games and that's like, you know, you're watching your team twice a week instead of having to wait till Saturday, like, which is, which is very convenient, obviously. Um, and, and yeah, as the year goes on, it's, it's hard, like Jeff said, it's hard to talk about everyone, but um, your team will naturally be brought up in discussion as we talk about this every single week, especially if your team's winning games. Um, everyone will get talked about uh, as, as it goes on. And there's always going to be, it's a, College basketball has just ever-changing storylines of teams that are hot, teams that are not hot, um, and it's just it, it is a it is a season of runs. It's a game of runs, um, and it, it, there is a lot um, of weight placed on momentum in this sport. And it, you got to be hot at the right time, and um, can't overreact if you're not as good at the beginning of the year. And it's it's, it's just a complete roller coaster of a season. And it's it's going to be a fun ride, and I, I cannot wait to just be able to watch some good college basketball and, and watch watch the boys go out and play some ball. Yeah, the best week of the year, besides all the stuff with March and like conference tournaments, is Thanksgiving week. It's just all the conference tournaments are gone, and they're happening all day, and it is truly an amazing thing to watch. So we will see you for college football talk. We'll get back into the normal routine of the podcast. Uh, later this week but we'll also kind of sprinkle in college basketball and i'll hopefully michigan state doesn't lose to james madison tomorrow night and then i have to obviously talk about how all my hopes have been crashed so we will see you for oh cole i forgot to mention michigan beat marquette in a exhibition game so just you know they're not that bad just keep an eye out for that forgot to mention that they deserve they did. The respect for that sorry continue on they that did closing. big <laughs> Big preseason win for Michigan and uh, big, big season for Michigan. They need it. So this will wrap up another episode of A Degree in Sports. We will see you later this week, Friday, for our Week 11 college football preview episode.